1. How a geeky girl fell in love with the brain. The science of neuroplasticity and enrichment. Long before I wanted to be a scientist, I dreamed of being a Broadway star. My father, an electrical engineer and one of the most die hard Broadway fans you will ever meet, took us to every traveling Broadway production that came to San Francisco, just an hour away from my hometown of Sunnyvale, California. I saw Yul Brenner when he was about 85 in The King and I, Rex Harrison when he was about 98 in My Fair Lady, and Richard Burton, kind of old but not ancient, in Camelot. I spent my childhood watching Shirley Temple movies and all the classic Hollywood musicals. My dad took my brother and me to see The Sound of Music when it was released in the theater each year. We must have seen it 20 times. I fancied myself as a magical blend of Julie Andrews, Shirley Jones, and Shirley Temple. And in my daydreams, I would spontaneously break into song and, in my adorable, impossibly plucky way, save the day and get the guy all in one fell swoop. But despite my father's love of all things Broadway, I was clearly expected to do something serious with my life. As a third generation Japanese American with a grandfather who had come to the United States in 1910 and founded the largest Japanese language school on the West Coast, my family had high expectations for all of their children. Not that they ever verbalized these high standards, they never had to. It was simply understood that I should work hard at school and pursue a serious career that they could be proud of. And by serious, I knew I had only three choices. I could become a doctor, a lawyer, or something academic. The more impressive sounding, the better. I didn't fight these expectations. They made sense to me. Quite early in the sixth grade at Ortega Middle School, in fact, I began a lifelong pursuit of science. My science teacher that year, Mr. Turner, taught us about the bones of the human body, testing us by having us put one hand into a dark box to identify a bone by touch. I loved it. No squirming for me. I was thrilled by the dare. I became even more excited when I got to do my first pig and frog dissections. And despite the revolting odor, I knew I had to know more. How did all those little organs fit so compactly and beautifully into that little pig body? How did they all work together so seamlessly? If this is what it looked like inside a pig, what might the inside of a human look like? The process of biological dissection captured my imagination from the first moment I got that choking whiff of formaldehyde. The emerging scientist in me was also fascinated with that most coveted of candy concoctions when I was growing up pop rocks. While other kids in my class were satisfied by the mouthfeel of explosions on their tongues, I wanted to understand what triggered these bursts and what wild sensory chemical experiences you could have in your mouth by combining them with other things like fizzy seltzer water, hot tea, or ice water. Unfortunately, mom deemed these experiments a choking hazard and they quickly ended. My high school math teacher, Mr. Travelly, lovingly guided me through the beauty and logic of AP trigonometry. I loved the elegance of math equations, which, when done correctly, could unlock the keys to a pristine world balanced on either side of an equal sign. 
I already had a feeling that understanding math was a key to what I wanted to do, even though I had no idea what that was in high school. And I worked hard to get the best marks in class. In his lilting Italian accent, Mr. Travelly told us over and over again that we advanced placement students were the best of the best. I took this as both an encouragement to excel and a solemn responsibility to use my math skills to their fullest potential. I was a serious and earnest kid, on my way to becoming an even more serious teenager. By this time, the only outlet for my inner Broadway passion was going to the movies. I got my parents to agree to let me see Saturday Night Fever on my own by telling them that it was a musical and conveniently failing to mention the R rating. I was only 12. They were not pleased when they realized what I had seen. Later, I was obsessed with movies like Dirty Dancing and imagined myself effortlessly stealing the show in Johnny Castle's arms, despite the fact that I hadn't taken a single dance lesson since my ballet and tap days in grade school. By high school, the balance had decidedly shifted. The shining lights of Broadway had dimmed, and I was a steadfast, committed, and driven student, completely at home in a life of total science geekdom. I can see an image of myself in high school, shoulders hunched, serious-faced, and carrying a tower of heavy books as I made my way through the hallways, trying not to attract any attention. Yes, I still relived my Broadway fantasies every time I saw one of my favorite musicals on television. But by then, those dreams were kept locked in the den at home, and studious geek girl had taken over my life. 